0: This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. All right, everybody, how you doing? Wednesday afternoon, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, Andrew Patterson, Michael Remus with you, and we have a monster game tonight downtown of Bell MTS Place. And with the Toronto Maple Leafs in town and a battle for first place, I think you know what we're going to be talking about for the majority of this afternoon here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. That's right. It is tonight's game. And a couple great guests to join us today. Um, Our old pal Brian Munz is going to join us. Munz is still cranking out Jetstream following and covering the Winnipeg Jets. We'll get his Uh thoughts on tonight's matchup. We'll get his thoughts on what we've got going on tonight between the two clubs, and a look ahead to the trade deadline. And then a little bit later on, Mark Masters from TSN Toronto covering the Maple Leafs. Well, we'll talk mostly about tonight's game, but I do promise to uh, squeeze in a little tennis talk with Mark because he does such a great job of following tennis. And um, our girl Bianca Andreescu is back on court finally after all these injury issues and uh, making a run down in Miami. So Munzee, Mark Masters, all coming up. Big thanks to our sponsors, Not Autocorp, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Royal Sports, at 750 Pemina Highway, Boston Pizza City Place kubet.com and of course breezy Bend Golf and Country Club we'll uh, hit on those a little bit later on
1: but first off let's uh welcome in Michael Remus to the program Remo what's going on my friend uh, so how's it going I think I got a uh, small issue here with your video um I kind of want to re- restart and come back you're all you're all choppy I don't know why ooh but can I just reset this and then we'll come back in like a mi- in like a minute yeah no problem so, uh, sorry everyone just hang in there I'll, I'll be back yeah. in one second hang tight Remus is working some things out people let this me just, is how it goes let me just do this the world of the internet I'm getting a new computer this weekend I'll be fine <laughs> okay, let's, okay I just need to reset this stupid program you should be good to go now okay I, All think right. I think you're I think you're back on
0: I think we are back everyone if you're uh, joining us in the chat let us know that you're hearing and seeing us okay and uh We will proceed with today's festivities here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. And, of course, those festivities is all about a matchup for first place in the North Division. And how about that? You know, 17 games in 31 days for the Winnipeg Jets. We knew the matchup playing Edmonton and Montreal and the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto. Um, There was, I think, a lot of concern that maybe the bottom was going to fall out on this season for the Winnipeg Jets um but it's been the exact opposite they come into tonight's game 1 point back of the Toronto Maple Leafs and with a win in regulation can take over first place in the North Division um, so we're uh, i am ready to go I I, I could have done the show last night to be honest with you um you know just knowing that this is the first time that the Leafs have been to Winnipeg I mean, the one thing that's really disappointing, and I won't belabor this, but I think you're all feeling it right now, is the fact that this building won't be full tonight, because my God, you know, a battle for first place at this point in the season against the Leafs, and I realize if fans were in the building, we probably wouldn't be in the Canadian North Division, but humor me here for a moment, um, because this is what it's all about right now, and more so than any other year, I think the... Division title really will mean something to fans. Um, and, you know, I was on with the guys on the Good Show this morning in Toronto on 590 on the fan. And, you know, we were asking, you know, about, you know, well, where are Winnipeg fans in that? Would they rather beat the Leafs? Would they rather, you know, get a good playoff matchup against the team they want or they want to win the division? And I said, I mean, listen, I'm sure a lot of people have different thoughts on all of that. Um, For me personally, more so than any year. I mean, I was disappointed that the Jets kind of blew it on the final game of the season and didn't win that North the, the Central Division banner a few years ago to put up in Bell MTS place. But again, it didn't matter. They didn't have home field, home ice. They won game seven against Nashville, and they moved on to the final four. This year to me is different. And I would love to hear your thoughts in the chat on this if you're, if you're with us live on YouTube right now. In that uh, winning this division, the Canadian division, in the one year that it will be all Canadian, I think is going to be a little bit of a source of pride for fans for a long time, and you know some bragging rights for uh, for fans. I mean, especially here in Western Canada, where you do have friends, if you will, if you associate with these types that are Habs fans or Leafs fans. Um, and the the fact of the matter is that this is the one year where it's all head to head, it's all north of the border, it's all in Canada. It's our own little league. And, you know, winning the division, putting that banner up will be something. And even more so, being the last team standing at the end of two rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs, I think will be, um, you know, that will be like a victory in itself. The ultimate goal, of course, is to win the Stanley Cup. But I bet there's a lot of people that would say, well, eh, I'll take it. Give me the North Division banner and being the best team in Canada. Who knows what happens later on? We certainly will uh, take it. Let's get Remus back in here. I believe he's uh, he's still with us. Remo, what are, you, uh, what are your thoughts on... Um, you know this game tonight, but more so the big picture of you know the Jets being in striking distance of the Leafs with a chance to maybe hang a banner and more importantly be um, a team that will be a tough out once we get to playoff time.
1: Yeah, every game against Toronto I think is a big game because uh, you have that national audience following the Leafs, and this is a national game on Sportsnet. We get a decent start time. How huh? six thirty p.m. We've been like two weeks of nine and nine thirties. Uh, this is awesome. Uh, and again, everyone, all eyes on the Jets. Uh, I think we have a battle for the North Division. You got the two teams at the top Leafs, 47 points. Jets, 46 points. The Jets have played one extra game, but we got a nice head to head here to maybe the Jets can uh, steal two. I think we have uh, something to look at not only the battle for first, but the battle for best winger in the North Division. Mitch Marner, we know him. He's top 10 in the league in points, not far behind. Nikolai Ehlers, who just came off a three-assist game, and he's played significantly less ice time per game than a guy like Marner, not even getting power play one Nikolai Ehlers, and there he is, uh, a point-per-game player, so looking forward to that, and Paul Maurice did say today he's going to start off the game with the same lines they ended the game with, so we will see that Shifley, Connor, and Ehlers line, will it stay the whole game? uh that remains to be seen but they're going to start with that and how could you not after the way the game ended versus Calgary yeah
0: no listen i mean i am and we're going to get into this in more detail with Munsey coming up in a few minutes um and we talked about it yesterday on the program ream i am the thing i am most interested in and and often i mean you'll just kind of pay attention to line matchups and if you if you're working the game or need to do a report afterwards maybe you're making notes you can always go back and check who it is But this game more than any, and Maurice was asked about this morning. You know, was the thought of playing the Leafs part of the reason why you made the switch with Dubois and Shifley last game to give them a chance? Before you know, you're playing uh, Toronto for the first time all season with the last change. And I guess my question is, you know, who are the preferred matchups right now? Um, Is it the Dubois line along with Stastny and Wheeler that will go up against Austin Matthews? Will they go with Adam Lowry? And what's the what's the preferred matchup for the Shifley, Connor, and Ealers line? Because I mean if they can get into a matchup where they can carry possession and have the puck, um, you know, that's a great thing for the Winnipeg Jets. You don't want them being on the ice I don't think it's a great matchup against the Matthews and Marner, Marner line. And if that's the case, you could have a lot of chasing and running around in their own end. But regardless, you know, the way Maurice handles things in the first period and through the game, I think, are going to tell us a lot about how um, how he sees things going, at least up until the trade deadline, depending on what happens with the roster.
1: Yeah, he talked a bit today about matchups. Says uh, mm-hmm. as for the fourth line, the Thompson Lewis Pro, which I think has been strong. Uh, he doesn't feel like he needs to hide them from anyone. So I don't know if we're going to see that. Will we see the cop lowry appleton line, or will it be the, um, the Wheeler-Stasny-Dubois line? Um, you know, I think that first line, uh, Ehlers-Connor-Shafley may not be as strong defensively, but you know that these guys are all playmakers, and their best defense is uh, keeping the puck away and, and getting that mm-hmm. offensive zone time. And we'll see if they can create some offense, score a couple more goals. Maybe Ehlers will do a little more uh, puck, to, puck to skate in the offensive zone huh. <laughs> and uh, put on some of what you call it, Harlem Globetrotter-style action. Yeah, from he was guys. in
0: full Har- Harlem Globetrotter mode. Excuse me. And I'll tell you what, if he's able to pull off stuff like that against the Toronto Maple Leafs, then I think maybe some people around the league will be paying a little bit more attention to the Winnipeg Jets. Um, we've got some great comments in on what we were saying. And by the way, keep those comments in bang us a like, if you will, welcome to everyone that's joining in. We're getting ready for the Jets and Leafs tonight in downtown Winnipeg. Um, there is uh, let's see, here we are. The uh, would be a rocking night in the building. Hopefully the building's alive with passion again, like the old days when we can get back to games um john h i want them to win the division a one-time only banner tv covers i want them to win the division gary medeiros i like gary division and cup um marky mark what's up guys first time been able to sh- catch the live show killing it happy game day right on marky mark great to have you with us um dane johnson the best team in canada for sure the banner just solidifies it Uh, Russ and screw Asterix, winning the division could be once in a lifetime. And for Reem, that's what I keep going back to. I mean, you know, we love these fun rivalries. And, you know, when we get to the playoffs, usually there's a bit of a support of whatever Canadian team's the last one running in. But this is all... Friendly fire, if you will. you got the seven Canadian teams going at it all season long. We, for all intents and purposes, have pretty much eliminated three of them after the Jets-Calgary series. I know Calgary and Vancouver are playing tonight. Uh, but to me, that's sort of an afterthought. It'll take a miracle for one of those teams to get in. Um, I really do think that, at least from a fan's perspective, and you know, the coach himself said maybe there's some advantages and disadvantages to all of it. The bottom line is this would be a much more special division banner than any um, certainly since the Jets have been back, I would say, and probably going forward um, in the fact that it is all Canadian. And that, I think, even raises the stakes a little bit more for the least first visit of the year here to Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think we are kind of still a bit irked that you didn't get that division banner um, a couple of years ago after uh, losing it out on the final game of the year. Uh, I mean, again, Canadian division, uh, or Scotia North, I guess that was what the banner would say, but we all know what this year means. It's a completely different season, new divisions. Um, You know, division would be great, but also, I think, winning the division as well, (laughs) winning the division and uh, coming out of it in the playoffs and making that conference final, because you know that anyone of all the teams, uh, Canadian teams, the last one standing will get a chance to play for an opportunity to be in the Stanley Cup. So I agree. It's very, very... Sorry, hold on. Yes, you cut out and I'm getting thrown thrown off here. Uh, but we're back. So I do think, yeah, either way, I mean, if either of you win it in the regular season or in the playoffs, I do think it is more special than another season. Uh,
0: yeah, sorry about that. I, did went out, I didn't did have the program feed coming, so I didn't know when Munzee was here or what else was going on. So I... Um, Anyways, I I, I I figured you were gonna get going for a minute and I would just quickly get out and get back oh, okay. in. So uh, so I think I think we've got it on right now. Still just a heads up to you. I'm seeing Munzee, but I'm not seeing you or I'm not seeing what's on the screen. So um, sometimes you might just be able to give me a cue. But I do think Munzee's ready. So we'll get to him in just a moment. Talking Jets, talking Leafs in this big first place matchup tonight. Um, big thanks to our sponsors, not Autocorp, but Waverly and McGillivray. Why not get into the Car of Your Dreams at a great price with the help of the Knot team They'll help you consign your present vehicle right now to get max value for a very successful consignment program. And whether you're looking for uh, for the family, a new whip for the summer, whatever it is, is, um, they'll they've got you covered. And uh, you can check them out online as well, not.ca, uh, but incredible staff there. And for any of you that are looking to get into the future, Looking at Teslas, they've been uh, the leader in Tesla sales here in Manitoba for a long time. I think they've got, Trevor was telling me, about 17 or so coming in. Um, So those are all, all there right now. Pop down and see our friends at Not Auto Corp, and we thank them for their support. And, of course, Royal Sports at 750 Pemina Highway and 650 Rally in EK. Hockey is back. Spring is here. Um, they've always been your number one hockey superstore, but did you know they're the soccer superstore, the baseball superstore, and with bike shortages around the city, they're still getting new ones in lots of selection, including some new e-bikes um, starting at 15 or sorry 1350 or so um, so we're going to get Brian Munn's in here in just a second but um, you know a special thanks to Nott, and especially Royal Sportsman they were with us from day 1 back in the NFL Sunday Ticket show days wouldn't be doing this right now if we didn't have the support of the Hasbeaks. so if you have uh, if you have any needs when it comes to sports outdoors or getting outdoors camping fitness bikes um, you know wake surf skateboards Pop down to Royal Sports and tell them your boys at Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. You know, I sent out a tweet today, um, and this is a comment. We'll kind of get into this a little bit more when we go to the Cool Bet daily lines. But you'll recall me talking all year long about the value on the Jets and why the heck are they underdogs again and the Jets are being slept on. Well, I, I've got some numbers for you that will indicate that not only are we are right, but Winnipeg Jet fans are very happy this year. If they've been taking, uh, if they've been supporting their team on the uh, on the money line, uh, the Jets have been the most profitable team in the NHL. So we'll talk about the, those numbers a little bit later on. But let's get ready. For Jets Leafs tonight, it's great to welcome back another very familiar voice for you 1290 orphans, our good friend Brian Munz. You can follow Munzee on Twitter at Brian Munns 9 Still cranking out great Jets coverage with the Jetstream. Munzee, what's going on? It's great to talk to you again, my man.
2: Hey, Huss, how are you? Good to see you. And uh, to the tweets that were going out earlier on today, I will say in now f- almost 46 years of existence on this planet, I have never been to a bad Dairy Queen, ever, oh, ever. It, the
0: DQ, I mean, it's the most, um, well, I was saying, you know, we popped in there to do a little promo for you yeah. and Mark coming on, and I wanted to pop by and say hi to DQ Nick, and they've got a big, uh, you know, especially the Northgate one, they sell more cakes than anyone. So they shout out. we can show kind of what you guys are doing. But I did go in. I even did, being the good partner that I am to Michael Remus, did a delivery to him of wow. his favorite, the Dilly Bars uh, and uh, the uh, the Ultimate Grill Burger. And I've said this for a long time, but I do think that Ultimate Grill Burger is by far the most, uh, much like the Jets in the NHL, the most underrated and slept-on burger in the <laughs> fast food game.
2: Yes, you will not find anything wrong at Dairy Queen. That is a uh, household favorite here at ours for sure. Whether you're almost 46 like myself or whether you're almost 10, like my son, in a couple of days, uh, it is a very well-traveled establishment, to say the least, for the Munzes.
0: Hey, listen, first things first, it's great to have you on. It's been a pretty crazy uh, last six weeks for all of us that were uh, back on Pembina Highway. Uh, a lot of people very happy that we were able to get you on today and uh, wishing you well. Uh, how have you been doing? How's things? And uh, what have you been doing with your spare time other than continuing, doing a great job following the Jets and doing Jetstream?
2: Yeah, it's been interesting. Obviously it's, uh, you know, kind of the whole brand new world for all of us. Uh, I've never gone through anything like this. I've obviously always known where that next destination was going to be, but as you've alluded to, and I think we all have here over the last, what is it now? Six, seven weeks since, uh, everything went down, just the support of everybody around the city. And for me in the hockey world and, and for all of us, really, for anyone that's been around the sporting world, uh, you've got so many people behind you. It's been really special to, uh, you know, kind of, I don't want to say sit back, but just because you have had more time than being in a regular grind, like we'd always joke about this, right? The schedule came out in June and we could tell you on February 15th at four o'clock in the afternoon, if it's a game day or a practice day or a travel day, pretty much down to the minute of where we're going to be in that location to have that moved away from you. It's been a transition for me for sure, but, uh, You know, more family time, obviously. I've had a lot of time during the pandemic to be with them, so it's been great. And you mentioned uh, doing the Jetstream stuff on uh, social media has been good. I'm doing a little bit of side stuff for Hockey Canada, a little bit of golf preparation here as well. So... uh, Keeping busy, to say the least.
0: Well, the golf preparation, I had to chuckle because you mentioned about how regimented the schedule was. I mean, you probably had your tee times planned out about (laughs) a couple months in advance back then. Uh, Certainly, I'll tell you what, you know, through all this bullshit, we've had to deal with the pandemic and everything in all of our lives. The one person that has been smiling on us here in Winnipeg for the most part, last 24 hours notwithstanding, right. has been Mother Nature. Um, I was talking to Corey over at Breezy Bend, the uh, course. They got the driving range open on the second course opening in a couple weeks. And uh, we're going to be, I mean, like these uh, these course openings right now are going to, it's not going to be like normal at the beginning of April where there's still a bunch of snow banks in the, in the side by the trees. I mean, I think this could be have the potential, as long as we get some the, the, the right moisture, this could be one of the longest and best golf seasons we've ever had in Manitoba. And I'll tell you what, that is music to the ears of a lot of people that have had a pretty miserable winter.
2: No question about it. And like I just think of my family ourselves. like I look out the window here right now and yeah, there's a light dusting of snow on the grass. but you know we've been out throwing the football around already. We've been kicking the soccer ball. little guys's been out on playgrounds uh, throughout the city. Of course, we're all being safe and social distance and that type of thing. But just to be able to get outside, I think, has lifted everybody's spirits here right now. And as we get towards the end of the week, it's going to be a lot warmer, too. And as we get ready for the Jets and Leafs here tonight, it's going to heat up inside Bell MTS Place. But it's nice to feel a little bit more warmth uh, in the city of Winnipeg here right now, too, where you can get out because, hey, you and I have texted back and Mm -hmm. forth about this Kind of when everything went down for us in February, we were locked inside because it was literally minus 40. But uh, now we can get out and enjoy ourselves a little bit more. So it's been good.
0: Yeah, that little snap right around when everything happened was not very welcome. But overall, it was a pretty... I mean, anyone from around here knows this was uh on a scale of one to ten, a one as far as winters go for Winnipeg. And yeah. listen, we're ready to get to, We're ready to get after it. It's uh uh in spring. Um, lots of love for Munzie. Joe from Winnipeg is pumped that you're here. Um, Al Broderick, uh, the Bullet says Munzie. Roger Quinville, Munzie, missed you on the airwaves, man. Um, so a lot of people loving, and it's a perfect day, you know, Munzee, We wanted to get you on. I figured, what better day to do it before. Can you believe it? You know, we talk so much about this month of March and 17 games in 31 days and the schedule and the opponents. And here we are on the final day of March. And if the Jets win tonight in regulation, it will not be an April Fool. They will be sole (laughs) possession of first place tomorrow on the 1st of April. How about that?
2: Well, my son Jack reminded me about 15 minutes ago that tomorrow was April Fool's. So now that you bring it up too, we've kind of got to get the old mind going a little bit here for tomorrow morning, right? But uh, hey, this is I think what everybody really wanted to see was Winnipeg and Toronto battling for first place, right? Like the expectation coming into this hockey season, the great unknown of what it was going to be. Like we all knew it would be fun because we all wanted to see more matchups with the seven Canadian clubs. But to have these two games, Winnipeg coming off the seven-game road trip where, yeah, the couple against Edmonton obviously didn't go according to plan. But the way they were able to turn it around in Vancouver and then take two of three against the Calgary Flames and wrap it up in convincing fashion like that was just, uh, you know, I think so exciting for everybody to come back now. And the way Toronto's playing too, they've picked up seven out of eight points in their last four games. And Jack Campbell's in net tonight here. Connor, Hellebuck's riding a four-game winning streak, which, by the way, I didn't get this into my Jetstream report, so I wanted to mention it for you, Huss. Four-game winning streak for Hellebuck right now, in the last four games, he's had two or less goals against per game, which translates to a 967 save percentage. So this should be a fun matchup in net tonight for sure.
0: Well, no doubt. We kind of were going through the game logs of Hellebuck the last four games, and I'm I'm still choked, I think maybe more so than Hellebuck, that he lost the shutout <laughs> in the second game because I had a bet on Vancouver under .5 goals. I essentially bet on that Damn. shutout. I was 90 seconds away from doing it back-to-back. But, you know, I mean, Hellebuck is always a huge story with the Winnipeg Jets, and I think at yeah. some point, you know, people almost take his greatness for granted. Um but the story tonight, I think, is obviously this matchup for first place, but was really looking forward to asking you what you thought about the swap of Dubois and Shifley in the last game. And, and more so, Brian, how do you see Paul Maurice? What are the preferable matchups against those big two lines for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Um, do we think that the Shifley line might play a little bit less for more advantageous matchups, or will the coach go and uh, you know put either Dubois or Shifley up against Matthews, or will that go to Adam Lowry, who has you know consistently been you know, the leader of the most difficult matchups, um, usually under Paul Maurice?
2: Well, I think the Husks first to look at right now, I was on the Zoom call and Paul Maurice talked about that a little bit this morning. Pierre-Luc Dubois talked about the matchups, Andrew Kopp did. And even from a defenseman standpoint with Dylan DeMello, this team has never been this deep, right? You think of Nate Thompson on that fourth line with Matthew Perreault and Trevor Lewis. He doesn't have to hide those players against anybody, right? They can go out against the Marners and the Matthews and even you look back at the McDavid's and the Kachucks and whoever it's been that they're facing right now in this Canadian division, because they have the experience. This team hasn't had that before, where he's had to ride three lines. Like there was, we all remember at some point. You take a look at, you know, and even earlier on this year when there were different players that were banged up a little bit. That fourth line would play four, five, six minutes a night, and it's taxing on everybody ahead of them. But now where you've got Mason Appleton into that top nine with Adam Lowry and Andrew Kopp, you can put those players up against the other team's elite. And a lot of time you would almost say that's been Winnipeg's two line because it was either Scheifele or Lowry going up against the other team's elite. And now you've got that line with Dubois, Stasny, and Wheeler. So I think overall when you're managing 17 games like the Winnipeg Jets are right now here in the month of March – having a chance to play all four lines and not be afraid to put Nate Thompson's unit out there against Matthews or Marner or whoever it may be starting tonight here on home ice. The coach can really use that last line change to his advantage where he hasn't had the opportunity to have the last change in the last seven games because they've been the road team and now they do coming in here tonight. So I think the depth right now that Kevin Sheffield has been able to bring into this organization really pays dividends in the second half of the season here now that we're in. So um, the lineup card
0: is going to show up in the jet dressing room and let's assume that it has Matthews, Marner and Hyman as the starters. Um, right. Does Lowry take that first face off? Is it Pierre-Luc Dubois or is it
2: Mark Scheifele? Well, that's, you know, no one knows except for Paul Maurice, but I think you've got three legitimate options there, right? Because you don't have to worry about anybody else in that regard. And even I think when you look at it here, Husk, like I'm looking at Toronto's lineup coming in tonight and, You go through the depth of the organization. You mentioned the Matthews line, and then you've got Alex Galchenyuk who's going to play on that second line. It looks like with John Tavares and William Nylander. And then you've got Thornton, Kerfoot, and Spetz rounding out their top nine, where I don't think you have to have a hard matchup all the way through. I think it does give you a pretty good option to move some players around, see who's going, see who isn't, and kind of get yourselves into the game because – you know, the one thing, Paul Maurice talked about this too at the end of the seven-game road trip. This game here tonight, and Andrew Kopp mentioned it on the Zoom call that we were on earlier on today, is morning skate was a little bit slow. Players were kind of uh, a little lethargic getting onto the ice inside Bell MTS Place this morning at 10. But as the skate ramped up and everybody kind of got going, they were able to get them feet uh, the feet under themselves a little bit more. So uh, we'll kind of see how it gets to the 6.30 start. And hey, let's even... Look at that. Like it's a six thirty start tonight, <laughs> us. We don't have to wait another three hours until the nine thirty game time. So it's uh, finally a benefit for us on the prairies here tonight.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know me, I don't mind being up a little later than most. So I wasn't right. too I wasn't too phased by the nine o'clock or the nine thirty starts. I will say, except on Monday night when I had to go on with Weeb and Reynolds afterwards, and those guys are I just sort that. of getting going. It's like one in the morning. I'm like, guys. <laughs> Even I'm like, you know, we can wrap this up anytime. Um, yeah. But anyways, there was a lot of fun to talk about and a lot of people fired up, so it has been all good. Before we get to the deadline, um, yeah. I want to get your thoughts on, you know, the defense so far. And in particular, I mean, I think there's been, you know, significant ups and downs for just about everybody on the Jet Blue line so far. Um, but Logan Stanley, to me, has been the best surprise of the season. and And I say that not that you know, this wasn't the plan all along, but I I really, and you're close to the organization. I mean, I think that if you pump truth serum in a lot of people, they would be, um, they would admit to you that they didn't see this coming this well, this quickly in the way he's jumped at this opportunity. Let's not forget he was in the B group to start training camp, if I'm not mistaken. Um, What have you seen from Stanley and how much has he improved his value to the organization before I ask you about the uh, impending expansion draft? (laughs)
2: <laughs> we're taking it all in here you know what i think you nailed it perfectly when you started to ask that question i think everybody around the city was intrigued to see what logan stanley was going to bring coming into this year like you got small bits of them with the manitoba moose and just the way the calendars work out over the last couple of seasons i haven't had a chance to watch the american hockey league as much as i have in the past just because the jet schedule has been so busy and just the way things work out at home but when you've got a player that's six foot seven 228 pounds and 22 years old, there is the automatic intrigue, right? And I think you're bang on where we thought we would see him at some point this year, because you've got the Billy Hanelas, you've got Dylan Sandbergs, you've got other players, you've got Sammy Niku, you've got ones that were probably getting more headlines than what Logan Stanley was coming into training camp, but to watch his progression and how to me, he's done it perfectly right? Like he hasn't come in here and tried to do too much. He's played the role that Charlie Huddy has given him. And let's throw that into the equation as well right now. Having a guy with that much experience to run the blue line and whether it's been Dustin Bufflin, Tyler Myers, Jacob Trouba over the years, or whether it's younger players, like the guy we're talking about right now in Logan Stanley, I think Charlie's done a tremendous job in mentoring those players. So They're not thinking all of a sudden, I've got to do so much. Just go out, play your role. And I think Logan's done a fantastic job in the 24 games that he's played now this year and has just done his job on that bottom pairing. So he's exceeded my expectations. No question at all for me right now, he's the Winnipeg Jets Rookie of the Year. And I'm excited to see what he can do down the road here as he continues to get more Experience at the National Hockey League level and and understand what he can and can't do with that big frame that is really second to not many across the entire league.
0: Well, no, exactly, and that I mean that was what was tantalizing to Mark Hillier and the scouts when they picked him and when they moved yep. up to pick him, uh, you know, in uh, you know in the first round after Line a was selected. And I mean, they always said this guy's two years away from two years from being two years away. He's going to be right. a couple more years in junior. He'll be here. So, anyways, now is the time and. Regardless of what they thought going into the season as to what he was capable of, we're seeing Mm -hmm. it right now, and we're seeing—and the word that you used, I think, that is so important with Stanley and any young defenseman, but especially in his particular situation, is his confidence. I mean, to watch the poise that he's playing with the puck now as opposed to the first five games— it is night and day and it got us talking about some tough decisions for the jets that will come down the road when it comes to the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. And you know, at the start of this year to talk about Logan Stanley being a protected player probably would have been, um, laughed off, but we're in a situation right now with a 22 year old defenseman that's doing what he's doing. Um, you know, we don't need to rehash it. Um, that would be a real bitter, bitter pill for the Winnipeg jets to lose that. Um, now there's always things, and and I think, and I know Mitch, uh, you know Mitch Gasprick was talking last night. I don't think anyone should get too worried about because as we saw last time with the expansion draft, the team figured out a way to keep the guys they really needed to, and right. you know obviously Vegas did that with a lot of teams, and it worked out quite well for them. But I guess you know it, if it came down to it, Seattle doesn't want to make a deal. Um, I, I'm not e- even considering the Jets would leave Neil Pionk or Josh Morrissey exposed. Um. Even with Morrissey's struggles at times this year at his contract, and Morrissey's a Jet for a long time. I think if it for comes sure. if it comes down to Stanley at twenty two under team control or Dylan DeMello, um, who's a heck of a defenseman. Uh, this is not I- anything against defense. I guess the point is that Stanley's stock has risen so much. I right. think it's a legitimate question. If it came down to one or the other, in your mind, who who are you protecting?
2: Well, if it came down to one or the other, I'm keeping Logan Stanley. And to the way you phrased the question, is bang on, that's not a detriment or that's not a slight towards Dylan DeVell. Absolutely because he's not. been a Very important piece to this decor moving forward. That's why Shevel Dayoff made that move. And, you know, I'll never forget the first game that he played, where he obviously just was with the Ottawa Senators, how excited this city was to have a veteran guy who had some experience with San Jose, who was used to playing big minutes against the other team's elite. So if you're making me pick one, I'm obviously going to pick Logan moving forward. But I think the fact right now that both of these defensemen are here gives this team right now, and this is kind of what we're focused on, and I'll kind of swing a little bit away from your question right there, but that's what we're focused on right now is this year with this Winnipeg Jets hockey club having a great opportunity to – Make a lot of noise and go deep here in the Stanley Cup playoffs.
0: Well, a hundred percent, and a big part of that, of course, will be what General Manager Kevin Cheveldayoff does heading into the trade deadline in a couple weeks. Yeah. And you know, it's intriguing in a lot of ways. And I think the Jets, as a team, you know, from Paul Maurice right down to you know the guys on the taxi squad, have they've earned themselves the opportunity for their general manager to take a significant shot to improve their chances of winning this year not down the road, not in the future, it really is about the now. Um what are your thoughts on the upcoming trade deadline? We've heard a number of I, I, Listen, I don't think you can make an argument that the Jets need anything up front. And I know there's right. the talk that well, you know, they need to get somebody that's, you know, ability that, that's able to be exposed. I'll tell you what, I think the simplest thing to do that is get to, you know, Trevor Lewis or whatever, sign him to a one-year extension, um and then, you know, expose him, probably doesn't get picked and you move on. But mm-hmm. as far as the trade deadline goes, um, who who are the, let's focus on the blue line. Who are the players that intrigue you the most? And and how much do you think the Winnipeg Jets would be willing to sacrifice in trade to bolster that blue line considering the situation that they put them in right now going into tonight's first place battle?
2: Well, that's always the million dollar question, right? Is what do you have to give up to get that piece? And, you know, the two big names that continue to float around right now are Matthias Hackholm and Josh Manson. Now, I think everybody that knows me knows my relationship with the Manson family. I've known Josh since he was nine years old, dating back to when I was calling games in the Western League, and his dad, a Jet and a Raider legend, was the assistant coach. And, you know, I'm still super close to that family right now. So I'd love to see Josh come here. I, You know, does he want to leave Anaheim, and does his family want to uproot from the Ducks organization? You no, know, that's a question you'd have to ask Josh to get a public answer for, but there's no question as a hockey player he'd be fantastic.
0: Yeah. Like in what does he bring to state. the table? I mean, a lot of, let's face it, especially yeah, it this year, there's a lot of people that have seen less than 10 seconds of ducks hockey. Um, you yeah. know, if, if Josh Manson was coming here and people are asking you, Brian Munz, tell us about Josh Manson. What does a player like that, what could he add to the jet blue line?
2: Well, the thing you hear first and foremost about when players come to Winnipeg, you want a good person. He is unbelievable in, in that regard. So he would fit into that room seamlessly but the thing about Josh and this is kind of like his dad, he's still old school where if the eyes roll back in his head a little bit, you don't necessarily know what's going to happen on the ice. Now the game's changed a lot since when Dave played to where Josh is right now, but Josh still has that streak where if this things start to go a little bit, you know, he, he, <laughs> he does have the player's attention when he's on the ice. He's right? the like, son of Dave of, Manson. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's kind of old school, Chris Pronger a little bit, right? Like, forwards around the the net weren't just going to stand there and have an easy time knowing that okay I can make something happen here because if Josh is out there he might leave a mark but the other end of that too is and I think it goes to a little bit about what we talked about with Logan Stanley is he knows his role right he's not going to be flying up and down the ice trying to make big flashy plays he can do it but he understands he's there to defend and be you know a big help to what would be Connor Hellebuck or Lauren Brossois who's ever playing that night. And I think you can say the same about Matthias Eckholm, right? Like we think about all the times that we've seen him in the Winnipeg-Nashville rivalries there where you always at the end of the game know when number 14's on the ice because he's done something in that game. So those would be the two, I think probably most talked about options right now. If they could land one of those two players, I think all of us in the city of Winnipeg would be just thrilled because we don't know what the future is going to hold. We all expect that Winnipeg's going to be back in that central division if the NHL gets back to what we're used to coming up in September for the October 21 hockey season that lies ahead. So I think when you're in this Scotia North division right now, like we're looking at tonight's game here, Huss, it's a battle for first place. The Winnipeg Jets are a contending team to go deep. And with the way this whole thing goes, like they have a really solid opportunity to get into that final four just based on the way this division is now in saying that they could lose five they could lose five games in the first round right you could run into a hot toronto or an edmonton team or whatever and and it doesn't go your way but the way that this team is built right now to me i see the latter going where this team's just getting better and better right now and you know, andrew cott mentioned it this morning too if they can bring somebody in sooner the better and with having now only the one week quarantine It gives that player more of a chance to get accustomed to his new team, understand what Winnipeg Jets hockey is all about and get as many games under your belt as possible. But we'll see what happens here at the deadline. It's going to be intriguing. There's no question about it just because of how even so many teams are in this division that we're focusing on more than others
0: no absolutely and i mean at least for the jets um i would assume and hey you never rule anything out i mean certainly with shovel day off we all think about what happened with paul Stassi, And i sort of speculated maybe there's a guy that's way off the radar that we're not talking about that they've been oh, working sure. on and working on that's possible but Eckholm to me is fascinating in that he was number one on the trade bait board um there's been a little wrench in that plan and that's the Predators running off eight wins in their last nine games and all of a sudden being in a playoff spot. Now, maybe he's out of the picture. However, I realize the cost for Ekholm probably is significantly higher than most of the other guys we're talking about for a couple reasons. A, the player is what he's done, but also his contract and the extra year of term. Eckholm signed next year for less than $4 million. And Munzee, right. beyond this season, knowing that in all likelihood – Dylan Sandberg and Ville Haina will be given every opportunity next year to be in the mix as regulars here. You know, you think about a veteran like Ekholm and what he brings to the table and how beneficial that might be both on the ice as well as – transitioning these young professionals to the grind of the everyday in the National Hockey League is something that would really be attractive. The problem about it is, is that it's probably going to cost you your first-round pick and one, if not two, pretty good prospects to get Ekholm. And I guess the question that only several day off will be able to answer is, is that worth it? Is Does it make sense for us now and in the future? But the thought of Ekholm in a Jet jersey as opposed to dealing with him for 25 minutes a night— um, Pretty tantalizing for a lot of people uh, listening to this program.
2: Well, it is. And I think that's why we're all kind of on the edge of our seat. There's been so much conversation about it. And, you know, again, even on the pregame Zoom calls here today, there's always seems to be an outside member of the Winnipeg media that wants Paul Maurice or the players standpoint of, of where this Jets team sits. Because, I, you know, I hate saying it because we're 10 years into this. And we're used to it, like you and I are especially, and people that watch this show now on a daily basis are. Like we're used to what the Jets have inside their room and and how good this club's going to be. They're finally, I think, starting to get more of that outside recognition. Like Kyle Connor is still the perfect example for me. I don't know how many texts I get on a nightly basis from more people in the United States because they're watching the Canadian division here with intrigue oh, 81's pretty good, eh? Like, this guy's good. Yeah, he's a good hockey player. <laughs> like, he might be their most valuable forward. You could have a long conversation about that in itself, and to see that line now with Mark Scheifele and Nikolai Ehlers, and because, you know, Mark's in the middle, he's the one that has always been kind of the the big spotlight on. Now, I think Kyle and Nick are starting to get a little bit more of, of their due uh, here as well, so that in I think that adds more intrigue for people outside of the city of Winnipeg that this Jets hockey club is better, I think, than a lot of people thought they were coming into this year. And, and now they've been able to do it during such a challenging time of this division and with the travel and every road game being outside of your division. And we joked earlier on about it being a 6.30 faceoff here tonight, being used to playing those 8, 9, 9.30 games and then bouncing back here for a game that's three hours ahead of time. Having lived that life, I can tell you that uh, it's a lot more of a challenge than what uh, maybe people on the outside that don't go through it would understand what it really is for this team.
0: Well, Brian, I I can tell you, it is fantastic to have you back. There's a ton of folks that are fired up to see and hear you again, and we'll have to hopefully do this very, very soon. Um, As far as tonight's game goes, uh, we're going to have Connor Hellebuck coming in, uh, you know, going up against Jack Campbell and, uh, the last line of defense sometimes gets overlooked as we talk about all these other things. But uh, when you talk about the Winnipeg Jets, you can't really cover the full story without talking about just how brilliant he is and um, pretty much reliable each and every day. But I'll tell you what, Munzee, we'll have to uh, set aside some time maybe next week to get back. We'll discuss these uh, these two games and uh, continue on. But you're at Brian Munz 9 now, and uh, when and how can people get the Jet stream that you're cranking out on a daily basis?
2: Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, a little bit of pregame, a little bit of postgame as well. And you talk about those late games. I'm up doing it until like 1.30 in the morning. So uh, I'm a big fan of these 6.30 faceoffs here tonight as well. But uh, it's on Twitter. You mentioned Brian Munn's 9 You can get it on Apple. You can get it on Spotify. Turned it on to a little bit of a, uh, a Jets pre uh, postgame or podcast, I should say. And uh, I think it's just a little bit easier for everybody to uh, get on their cart, much like you guys are doing here right now. And and you're right, Hus. It's been uh, it's been interesting times for everybody. It's uh, great to see you again. Great to have the conversation. And as uh, as we have snow on the ground here right now, we still have time to chat with you before we swing the clubs.
0: <laughs> right on, Munzi. Hey, listen, you enjoy the game tonight. Thanks for doing this. A lot of people. Great. Uh, very happy to see you again. Wishing you well. And uh, let's do this again soon.
2: Absolutely, Hus. Take care. Cheers, Remo. Uh, pal,
0: right. Brian Muns um, at Brian Munn's nine Munz, he tracking out a bunch of jets related content as well. Now that, uh, Everyone's kind of free to do do it on their own. Cannot wait to continue the Jets' Leafs talk with Mark Masters. Do want to remind you, it is a game day and no better place to get ready for game day than Boston Pizza in Winnipeg. They've got the game day deal with the spicy pierogi pizza, the meteor pizza, the 24-pack case of wings. You can do that. And don't forget right now, you can still call your shot at Boston Pizza, whether you're eating in taking out or getting delivery. If you order the pizza pairs or any Molson product, you'll get a chance to win instant BP gift cards, a custom built outdoor rink for next year, or even a VIP NHL experience. So all that out at our friends at Boston Pizza Winnipeg. All right, let's continue the conversation, getting ready for this first place matchup. What a pleasure it is to welcome in our old friend, Mark Masters from TSN in TO. We've got the pineapple background. We got a big game tonight, Uh Mark. Great to see you and talk to you again. Thanks so much for joining us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. How you doing? No
3: problem. Great to talk to you guys and uh, and, and talk a little hockey. And we got some juicy storylines, just like some juicy pineapples.
0: <laughs> we certainly do. Uh, what's the mood around the Leafs going into this series? Um, you know, I, I'm not sure backing it up a couple weeks when the jets were going in to play those three games in Toronto, many people would have thought that this could be a game for first place in the division, but uh, that's where we are. What's the mood around the visitors tonight?
3: Well, yeah, there's a lot of layers to, to the mood around the Leafs right now. Uh, They obviously are happy to be uh, in first place at the moment. And uh, a couple of overtime games against the Oilers that uh, they felt pretty good about how they played there, you know, a lot of the issues right now are surrounding the team, are revolving around goaltending. Uh, Frederick Anderson isn't with the team right now. He stayed back home to, to, uh, to get an appointment. He has appointment scheduled for tomorrow to look at that lower body injury. He hasn't been on the ice since March nineteenth. Jack Campbell missed the last game because he's still getting up to speed after dealing with a leg injury pretty much all season. So there's a lot of concern uh, surrounding the crease for the Leafs right now. But uh, an overall. I think uh, a lot of folks are happy with where the team's at in general.
0: Now, um, you know, Matthew's had just such an incredible start to the season. And, you know, we've still seen, you know, the greatness of number 34 on most nights. Um, But where is his game at right now? And is he still dealing with some of the after effects of uh, the injury that kept him out for a few games?
3: It it appears he's turned a corner with the wrist injury. Uh, He really seems to be firing the puck. He scored uh, uh, the last game first time from distance, really, or from from a little further out uh, than the net front uh, for the first time since February 20th in Montreal. So uh, they got him back on his regular flank spot on the power play. Uh, That line was dominant against, uh, maybe you don't want to say dominant, but it was really good against the McDavid-Dryseidel unit. So they won that matchup. I know McDavid got the assist in overtime, but Toronto-controlled the play and possession on the, when McDavid and Drysettle were on the ice together, five on five in that game, uh, on Monday night. And it was a large part due to Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and Zach Hyman, who will remain together. Uh, for tonight's game, sometimes Sheldon keeps likes to punch Zach Hyman down uh, to create, uh, to create a more lineups. He's lineup up and line up with my boys tonight. So, so, tonight. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think Matthews looks like he's turned a corner. It looks like, a, you know, it's it looks like the Austin Matthews that was lighting things up, eighteen goals in eighteen games to start the season. So, that's a very positive sign for the Leafs.
0: Mark Masters of TSN covering the Toronto Maple Leafs, joining us here on Winnipeg Sports Daily before the six thirty p.m. puck drop tonight in downtown Winnipeg. You know, Matt uh, Marner and Matthews get so much of the spotlight, but this year it seems more and more people have been forced into talking about Zach Hyman. Can in you for folks that maybe you know haven't seen a lot of the Leafs? Why? What has he done to become such an important part of this team? What does he do for his line mates, and how much is he going to cost them to keep him at the end of this season?
3: Yeah, that's another that has a lot of folks around here worried i guess they'll cross that bridge when they come to it but uh he's taken another step i mean he's a very reliable consistent player uh strong defensively uh good skater gritty they don't have a ton of grit they added a little bit more but he was one of those guys that uh that when when they're playing in physical games he doesn't shy away from it and he just wins so many battles uh down low he's one of the best four checkers in the league uh, and he just knows his game very well. He, he's one of those guys who has a great understanding of his own game. Uh, he knows where he needs to be when he plays with elite guys like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. He can compliment those guys. Well, one of the developments this year that we've seen is that he can drive his own line. Um, he's kind of been the driving force of the third line at times this season. Uh, he's, they've challenged him to hold on to the puck more. And he's had a lot of, a couple of nice, really go- nice goals where he's, Carried the puck up the ice and scored on his own and kind of maybe surprised some of the opposition. So he's added a bit more offense to his game. Uh, He's low maintenance. uh, Just, uh, you know, I think a couple of guys have referenced him or referred to him rather as the the engine that helps drive the team. So he's one of those guys. Uh, He just seems to do it all and, uh, and be a positive impact in the dressing room as well. They consider him, consider him part of the leadership group. He wears a letter when they wear their third sweaters. So, that was something new for this year. And uh, in terms of how much, how much uh, he's going to cost them, I know they're hoping, I'm sure a lot of people are hoping he might, you know, he's a Toronto boy. Uh, he's got a lot of business interests off the ice in Toronto uh, that are, you know, that, that can help supplement the income. And the hope is that, you know, he might be amenable to some sort of hometown discount because the way he's playing, he could get quite a bit on the open market, probably more <laughs> than the Leafs can, can jam into their salary caps structure right now
0: that plan did not work in the mitch marner situation as we as we well know um by the way is that a curling rock mug you've got there mark yeah I, you know i thought you might <laughs> so, enjoy you Get that. that from Vic Roder or what yeah
3: make the final earl gray <laughs> uh no i i, I enjoy watching curling. and this is a gift for my wife so uh I, I like how deep it is here and i can get a nice on the game days you need quite a few uh few drinks of caffeine. So uh, this is my go-to mug right now. (laughs)
0: Um, Back to Hyman for a minute, though, in that he really does seem like he's such an important part of the club that, you know, regardless of what the number that comes down, I mean, he's the sort of a player, I imagine, Mark, that um, there may be a casualty somewhere else on the lineup um, because of his importance to the team. I mean, this is not just any guy that they might lose at the end of the year.
3: Yeah, he's one of those guys, like, how do you replace him? I mean, he brings an element that I mentioned before that 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 isn't huge in the lineup um, of that grit, that physicality. Um, it's it's a hard it's a hard guy to replace. He's also getting close to thirty years old, and you wonder if his style of play is going to to wane over the course of a long contract. And I'm sure he'll be looking for this is his big deal, right? Um, so I'm sure he'll be looking for some security. Uh, you would think. Um, Frederick Anderson, we don't know his, uh, you know, I alluded to his injury issue right now. He's another pending unrestricted free agent at five mil. So um, if you take him off the books and then you, you go cheaper in net, Jack Campbell still has another year. um, Maybe that's the way you can, can finagle the numbers. Maybe you go along with him, you know, eight years. I mentioned that it might, he might not be great at the end of that contract, but maybe that's the trade off. You say, listen, we're going to give you the, the, the long-term deal for a little less uh, you know, cap hit so uh, they've been very creative Brandon Pridham you know the assistant general manager he he knows the the CBA back to front and uh and I'm sure if there's a way you know I think there's no doubt he wants to stay uh and if there's a way to get it done usually when the team and the player are aligned in that they find a way to get it done be creative and we'll see if the Leafs can't do that but they're hoping that they'll be talking about that after a, a long playoff run
0: Mark, uh, I'm not sure whether we've had a guest that has uh, sent the uh, YouTube chat popping like you have. Uh, the last 10 minutes, it's just been people slamming pineapple emojis into it. And then the <laughs> bullet just dropped this one. The the pineapple background and the curling rock mug, this guy is winning at life. Well, absolutely. And we're winning by having Mark on the program. Um. You know, everyone covering the National Hockey is going to be talking about the trade deadline. As far as the Leafs go, it would seem like goaltending would certainly be a spot that they might want to add, considering the uncertainty about that position. Um, Maybe talk, speak to that, as well as what else might be on Kyle Dubas's uh, want list, and just how aggressive might the Leafs GM be?
3: Well, I expect him to be very aggressive. They clearly have a great opportunity, as all the top teams in Canada do this year, where they... You know, you only have to be better than than six other teams, and now we're down. Really, it seems like the playoff teams have have kind of set themselves apart at this moment. And, you know, you're looking at three other teams where if you can just be better than them, you're in the final four, and then who knows, right? You 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 got a great chance. So, uh, they they right smack dab in their window with with Matthews and Marner and Nylander all locked up and in their primes. And so goaltending, you mentioned yes, because. How confident can you really be with Anderson? Even before the injury, his numbers were not great this year. Coming off his worst statistical season in Toronto, so uh, he's never won a playoff series in Toronto. He he wasn't terrible in the bubble, but <clears throat> he was outplayed by the Columbus Blue Jackets' two goalies, Mersleykins and Corpusallo. So uh, there there were question marks. I think they they honestly do feel good about and like the tandem of Anderson and Campbell but they neither guy has shown they can stay healthy this season so I'm sure there has to be at least a little interest in seeing what's out there and that you can fit it if you but if you take up your cap your cap valuable cap space on that maybe you can't fill the void up front that they've been looking for now one interesting dile- d- development has been the play of Alex Galchenyuk um who, of course, they got from Carolina through Ottawa and was off to a bad start. But he he went down to the minors and he played well there and they brought him up. And he's played with John Tavares and, and William Nylander and he's played well, really well, really helpful get that line going. And that line struggled to produce offensively most of the year at five on five. So the question is, is, it, is this really a long term answer for this season long-term for can he really be the the guy who gets those guys going all year are you comfortable with that even if he is there do you feel comfortable uh, with your depth up front remember they traded Andreas Janssen and Kasperi Kapanen to create some cap space to go get a guy like TJ Brody in the offseason because they needed to solidify the defense so I I think these are probably the conversations they're having that the idea was that they were looking hard for a top six top nine forward who can play maybe in that spot with Tavares and Nylander and then depth all around, right? One injury last year in the, in the playoffs to Jake Muzzin really set them back. And they had a guy, Martin Marincin come in who his very name makes a lot of least fans cringe because he's just one of those guys who's, who's, who's good in the AHL, but just can't seem to handle the, he was the, the taxi spotlight.
0: squad guy before the taxi squad existed. Yeah,
3: basically. <laughs> so they, I don't know if like they, they traded Mikko Lettin to, to, to Columbus, uh, and rasmus sandin is kind of the next guy on defense but he's still a young guy hasn't really hasn't played a full season in the nhl yet so you you do wonder about their 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 depth they've been really healthy on defense jake muzzin broke his face and missed a couple of games because he's a hockey player he only missed a couple came back with the bubble which he's got off but they've been really healthy on defense and i think any team would be in trouble if they lost the top four defensemen but you just wonder if they're looking at the depth on the back end as well. So I, I expect Kyle Dubas to be busy over the next couple of weeks here.
0: Um, focusing on it tonight, an interesting swap going into last game for the Winnipeg Jets, mixing up Shifley and Dubois. Shifley is now skating with Ehlers and Connor on a, a line that probably is about as potent offensively as the Jets can ice. Um, not as much in their own end. Um, Dubois now playing with Wheeler and Stastny. I would imagine that line might be going up for some of the more tougher matchups, but a lot of Winnipeg folks have only seen Dubois with what he's done here. You got a front row seat with him in the playoffs for jet fans that are watching this. What do you remember about Dubois and what he was able to do for Columbus against the Leafs?
3: Yeah, he was, he was a beast. Um, He was really hard for them to deal with. He brought them back in that game where, Toronto had a three nothing lead and Dubois kind of took over and he's, he's just, he's a big guy who has deceptive speed and how he can get up and down the ice, especially through the neutral zone. Uh, and he's, he's a, he can play like a jerk, a jerk, right? Like he, he has that grit and gnarled to him, which is great because he's, some guys have the size and the skill, but they don't use the size and he he's been effective at using the size. I will be interested to see, what Paul Maurice does tonight with the matchups. It's the first time we've seen the Leafs in Winnipeg. Um, we saw a lot of Shifley against the Austin Matthews line in Toronto that both sides seem to be happy, happy with that. And, you know, it was, we saw Lowry against Tavares um, and Dubois kind of got the Leafs checking line in that situation, that third line. So uh, I'll be intrigued to see, you know, Paul Maurice was talking this morning, you know, I'm not, he's not married to a matchup with just the schedule being so tough. It's more important that he rolls four lines. And these are probably the, they, they are the two deepest forward groups in, in this division. So, you know, I think both coaches are probably, you know, not, you know, they're not too worried about any line against anybody. You look at the Leafs, they got Spezza and Thornton, two of the older guys in the league on their fourth line. And they trust those guys to to make smart plays and smart decisions. So I think Dubois, yeah, I'd love to see him go head to go head with Matthews tonight and watch that matchup. Maybe see if you mentioned Shifley with all the skill there, maybe they can exploit the Tavares line, or maybe you get them out against that third line. Without Hyman on it, that Pierre Engvall unit, you know, isn't, I wouldn't say, the most trustworthy line. So maybe there are matchups there that Paul Maurice can, can expose. But Dubois, boy, he, he just seems to be the full package. And, you know, he's still finding his way a little bit in his new environment. And I expect him just to get better down the stretch.
0: Well, that, you know, that to me, that's the most intriguing thing. We haven't seen these two teams play in Winnipeg yet this year. We've seen the swap of centers, how Paul Maurice decides on his matchups with last change. I think will be really interesting. Mark masters is with us. Of course, the crack Leafs reporter for TSN, but Mark, with just a couple minutes before you got to go, I have to pivot because you know, every time you came on the show before, I always love talking tennis with you. Bianca's back. Uh, yeah. Bianca Andreescu here. Um, let's uh, you know what have we seen from her, and is it surprising that she's come back from yet another injury and seems to be playing um, the way we remembered her?
3: Well, I mean, I I, I could not leave the building uh, Monday night because I got sucked into watching Andreescu against uh, Muguruza uh, from Miami, and uh, that's the best I've seen her play since the U.S. Open when she won, uh, and it's really nice to see. And she doesn't got she doesn't have any tape on her on her legs or or her arms. So, you know, she, if she's healthy, she's, she's the best. She's, you know, right up there. Like, uh, you know, who and Muguruza had played very well this season. um, So far, she'd been one of the hotter players on tour and uh, you know, Andrescu fell behind and she clawed her way back and she's just got the gear changes um, that other players can't seem to keep up with. So that was really great to see. She'll be back on court tonight and the favorite in her, in her quarterfinal. And she's, you know Miami actually the, the tournament that's happening right now is 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 the tournament where that initial injury um cropped up in that in that amazing season a couple of years ago and she had to withdraw so she hasn't lost a completed match in Miami she made it to the fourth round and now she's into the quarterfinals so it's it's great to see I mean uh we've been waiting I've been you know tennis fans have been waiting to see Bianca Andreescu back up to speed for a long time uh it's crazy how long it's been and now Honestly, uh, she looks like she's got it back and she very well may win this, this event in Miami the, the, with the way the rankings have worked. She didn't take a hit last year. Players were able to maintain their points from the previous year because they didn't want to penalize players who could not travel, did not want to travel because of the pandemic. So she's still in a good spot. And boy, it was a lot of fun watching her beat uh, Garbina Muguruza the other night. She, it looked like uh, vintage and rescue in many ways.
0: We had another Canadian win, Leila Andy Fernandez winning yeah. a few weeks ago. And your final question, um, because, I mean, you cover Canadian tennis as well as anyone. Um, a bit of a stock watch on the men's side, Chapo, Felix, and, and maybe a word on Vasic Pospisil and what's happening. Cause he's, it's obvious he's got a lot in his mind right now. That was very unlike Vasic, a bit of a meltdown. And it seems to have a lot to do with the players association. Just a quick word on the men.
3: Yeah, I mean, Pospisil certainly the headliner in terms of most notable Canadian performances on the men's side in Miami just because of how that played out. He was in, you know, the, he's trying to start up, get this new organization going, the professional uh Tennis Players Association, uh, a, a union. It's not easy in an in a, in a individual sport where they're all kind of contractors. And the ATP is also everyone. Every business is struggling in the pandemic. Prize money has gone down across the board. A lot of the players aren't happy. Uh, they've had to deal with bubble situations and all that. So, the you know, they had a meeting. And Novak Djokovic, he's not at this tournament. He's the other co-president of this new upstart organization. So uh there was there was some sort of meeting down in Miami with the players they invited the ATP executives and i guess um you know they were tough according to pascals they you know he got to, you know in, in his that, that that's what made his meltdown so crazy it didn't seem to be have anything to do with anything that was happening in the match it's you know he was in good shape and he kind of gave away the first set and uh, and then just flew off the handle talking about, you know, the ATP CEO and the chair and how they mistreated him. So that clearly was still on his mind when he took the court. Uh, and apparently they were quite hard on him behind the scenes and saying he, you know, he doesn't understand the situation and there's business things involved. And, you know, Possible is one of the nicest guys I've dealt with. So it was very strange to see him unhinged a little bit like that. So he issued an apology and, uh, and, and we'll see how he, he kind of moves on. There was a lot of support online from social media from other tennis players just because they know how how much he's worked on this it's not easy right I know you know there's been stories that Djokovic's team behind the scenes isn't thrilled with how involved he's on he is in the politics because they feel like it will detract from his energies it, it hasn't really happened right I mean he's been you know it's he's been so good when he's played uh, you know you look at the US open default where he you know accidentally struck the the umpire in the throw it a lot of there was some speculation like was his mind just not locked in right was he just frustrating we all know how much personal things and things off the court or off what you know our jobs are can affect our jobs so felt bad for Pospisil and we'll see how he responds uh, and it was a little disappointing I guess with the other players that no one can make a long run OJ Ali Asim and tough loss to to Isner and Chapeau to cash, and, and Hercash beat uh, Raonic. Very close match, tiebreaker in the third. So that's disappointing for those guys, uh, but hopefully they can build on it and Fasher can get back to his happy-go-lucky ways.
0: Are you going to beat any of the slams this year? Is that still up in the air due to the pandemic? Wow, you know, it's
3: hard to say. I mean, the hockey season's going to conflict with the French Open for sure. I mean, it did it did already anyway with the with the playoffs, but it, it's it feels likely that the least are still going to be We'll, we'll see how it plays out but it's you know with the way things are going in, in Ontario and in, in across Canada with the variants and everything it just it seems unlikely that uh, we'll be doing international travel although I haven't talked to anyone about that I mean geez I'd love to, to 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 be back at Wimbledon that would be that'd be awesome and we know we didn't have Wimbledon at all last year so there's going to be so much build up and excitement in that and they're definitely going to have that event um they'll, they'll make it work regardless of how they do it they we know Wimbledon will happen so I'd love to be there uh Bianca's only played the one Wimbledon so that will be a cool storyline uh and obviously with the way that the men play they're, they're all top uh top threats on grass with that fast surface so I sure hope so but we you know there's so much that is still up in the air with what we're going through right now so fingers crossed and I'll be watching from afar if I'm not there that's for sure
0: Hey, Mark, and we'll be watching you do your thing on TSN. Really appreciate you joining us. It was always fun to catch up. Enjoy this game tonight, and uh, we'll talk some hockey and tennis with you in the future. Thanks, thank you again. No problem. We'll look forward to it. Uh, there he is, the man, Mark Masters of TSN. Follow him, uh, if you haven't already, at Mark H. Masters. A great longtime friend of the program, and I had to get a little tennis talk in there because... Uh, I mean, I, I think I mentioned this on the show earlier this week or last week. You know, as someone that grew up loving racket sports and especially tennis, the thought as a kid of a number of Canadians contending on the world scene was uh, was ridiculous, frankly. I mean, we were barely getting a guy in the top 100. And now to have all of this young Canadian talent right now, it really is um, its an exciting time, and um, especially with Bianca back because, uh, you know, Grand Slam champion, just decimated by injuries over the last couple of years, but one of the most exciting uh, athletes in Canada right now. So hopefully she can keep things going over uh, in Miami. Let's get Michael Remus back in here. Um, Remo, great stuff setting up Mark today. Always love talking to Masters, um, and I could talk to him anytime, but going into... A first place matchup with the Leafs and the trade deadline, and the fact that these two teams somehow, some way, are going to be very tied into each other's fates going into the playoffs. Um, just a great time to have uh, Double M here on the program.
1: Oh yeah, I had to get that tennis uh, talk in as well. Nice to see Bianca and as what he called her, vintage uh, Bianca from when she won the U.S. Open. But we are all focused on the game tonight: Jets and Maple Leafs as a national game on Sportsnet. Uh, 6.30, uh, re- great start time. We're not dealing with this 9, 9.30 starts anymore. Everyone's going to be talking. I am excited for the new look Jets lines. We're going to see what uh, the Leafs bring. Uh, we all remember when the last time these teams matched up for a three-game set, the first two games, the Leafs really um, outshot the Jets and really took it to them. But Connor Halbuck is the one who kept them in the game. But in Game 3, something happened with the Jets where they figured out a way they needed to play uh, you know to I guess not give up as many shots and play strong defensively and I think since then they've played great and really propelled them on that road trip. Uh, I know they had a couple losses to Edmonton but I thought they had played strong as we've uh, talked about here continuously so we're going to see that Jets top line uh, great scores Shifley, Ehlers, Connor. And uh, I don't know what the matchups are going to be. But it was nice to hear from Mark's perspective what he saw last time these two teams played. But I think Dubois has kind of played. A bit. I feel like he's more settled in uh, than you know a couple of weeks ago.
0: Yeah, no, no, for sure. And and I, and I you know I think the way that this shakes out right now. Um, I was mentioning this to Mark, and we've been talking about it all day. Where, What's the matchup for the Shifley line? Where does Maurice throw those guys out against? I mean, is it a top on top? I mean, that might be spending a lot of time in their own end. I, I kind of think that, you know, if anything, the Dubois line gets that opportunity, or potentially a Lowry line. Um, And then what does that allow Maurice to do? What's the matchup that the Shifley line is able to get and hopefully take advantage of? Um, We've got a great question that I want to give some time to in the chat. Uh, But first, let's get to the daily lines for a cool bet. I know a lot of people like us to do them in the decimal. I'll usually post them in the normal, the standard American. But we've got a number of big games tonight. We'll start it off with the Jets and the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Leafs road favorites 1.72 Jets home dogs again at 2.17 and could this be the night that the Buffalo Sabres finally get their W. Buffalo is at home paying 2.64 against Philly who's 1.51 and I still feel bad for Buffalo. I mean, I felt bad for Buffalo all season, um, especially the last month. But the way that they lost to Philadelphia two nights ago was literally... it. And that has to be rock bottom, right? Maybe tonight's the, the night that they win. I don't know. We'll see. Buffalo-Philly tonight. Uh, Vegas, big favorite at home. 1.5 against the Kings at 2.65. And another Canadian division matchup. Vancouver and Calgary. Vancouver's at home paying 2 and Calgary is on the road, a slight favorite at 1.85. And Reem, it's funny. I was watching Rod Peterson earlier today before we went on the air. And Rod was talking um, to his guests. And he had one of the guys that covers the Canucks out in Vancouver on the program from uh, 650 there. And Rod asked if this was, you know, is this a playoff game tonight? And, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess. I mean, if uh, if there's a spot for fifth in the division. Um this is got this would have been a game a few weeks ago that they would have circled, man, this is huge, a huge series. I, I don't know how you look at this series other than I mean these two teams are done and you know we'll see who kinda has more pride in their locker room when they drop the puck.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Mark kinda said it best yeah, as we were hitting down the stretch here, the playoffs are basically set. I think Calgary maybe has an outside chance, but I mean they have four less points than Montreal and have played five more games, so I really, uh, I can't see Calgary getting back in it, Vancouver, they're they're in the same situation, Ottawa's, they're even further back, so it seems like the playoffs are set, Vancouver, Calgary, I didn't see this one happening, maybe Vancouver, you thought they would take a step back, not this far, Uh, I thought it would be more competitive throughout the whole season, but I guess these guys are just playing it out, and we've seen from Calgary, Huss, like, they just don't have it this year, and Vancouver, they just don't have uh, don't have the talent. They have these expensive contracts, uh, you know, kind of weighing them down. So we'll see how they navigate this. But uh, Calgary, we just saw them, and you know, sometimes they look good, but most of the time it's it's not so good. And what are they going to do at the trade trade deadline? We'll just have to wait and see. We got uh, what uh, thirteen days, twelve days away until.
0: Yeah, no doubt, and I mean the thing with Calgary, I mean we saw we saw with their season on the line, playing against a team that they're chasing. I mean, what's the level of intensity and commitment that the Calgary Flames are gonna get out of their club, you know, in a five-six matchup with Vancouver after what's happened over the past couple of weeks? Um, either way, those are two interesting teams as well going into the mm-hmm. trade deadline. Now, last night, big comeback win for Boston. Big win for me in the lock shop, I will say, thanks to Boston. I've had a hell of a time picking just, you know, any chalk winner. But the underdogs keep coming in. Shout out to the Preds. I've gone back to back with them. Another win. They've won eight of nine. They come back to beat the Dallas Stars. And Remus, I kind of mentioned this to Munzee earlier. For all the talk about Matthias Ekholm being available and you know a great value for a team that's going to be picking up a strong defenseman at the deadline. You wonder what this hot streak by the Preds is going to do to the decision-making in the Nashville front office as to trading him with that win last night. They are in a playoff spot as we wake up right now, and they just have to stay ahead of Chicago, Columbus, and Dallas. Now, Dallas has four games in hand, but they're seven points back. Um, the, The situation for Nashville has changed significantly in the last two and a half weeks.
1: Yeah, and TSN's Frank Cervelli has uh, his trade bait board. This is the official list about who's okay, going to get, get traded. It just came out uh, during the show or the updated version from today. So, Matias Ackholm, he's got the down arrow. He's down to number six on the list. So, Uh-oh. uh We'll see if he continues to go down, uh, but that's where he is right now. Number one on the list is a guy who's been talked about on here the last couple of weeks, David Savard of Columbus. And he did score yesterday in a win by Columbus uh, over the defending Stanley Cup champions. So probably helping propel him to number one on the list. If you want to know some of the other names, I can tell you Kyle Palmieri had a bit of a down season in New Jersey. But he's had some big uh, big seasons with them before. He's number two. Taylor Hall, number three. Who knows what you're going to get? Nick Foligno from Columbus, number four. And is this the top goalie on the, on the list? Like, Did you know that Jonathan Bernier was still on... On Detroit, he's number five, <laughs> so that tells you where the goalie market is. Although I think Chris Drydigger uh, might be moving up now that Florida's. Uh, oh, Dreger, science... good. Yeah.
0: What did you call him, Drydigger?
1: It's not Drydigger. It's Dreger. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: not Drydigger. Good. It's not hey, Drydigger. Dreger has been one of the great stories in the NHL this season, and you know, R- R- he, uh, you got him on with us last year, I believe, and you know, this is a Manitoba kid. That has played, you know, in the minors and, you know, got an opportunity. I can't remember what the circumstances were that he ended up being with the club, but acquitted himself very well. He came in, and I mean, at the start of the year, all we were talking about was the fact that the Florida Panthers were winning all these games. Bob was horrible. And you got a $10 million goalie on the bench, and you got Chris Drieger making less than a million bucks stealing the show in Florida. And I'll say one thing. I mean, sometimes with goalies more so than other positions. You see patience, hard work, really paying off later in the career. And he's the perfect example of that. Um, and the funny thing is, as long as Florida, I mean, I know they've got all this money tied up in Bob, but for this season and this season alone, as they go into the playoffs, do they trust Bob, or they, do they need Dreeger to be a part of it? And um uh, you know that is interesting. Good thing for the Jets is they don't really need to worry about the goalies on the list. They don't really need to worry about the forwards on the list. It's all about the defensemen on the list. And you know I think you know Frank's pretty tied in. So if all of a sudden Ekholm, who was a clear number one on the list, is falling down to number six, um, I think it tells you all you need to know about the situation in Nashville and how that might mean that Kevin Cheveldayoff and other NHL GMs that are looking for defensemen may have to pivot from their number one choice in Music City.
1: Everyone's ripping me in chat Sorry guys, I can't, I can't read. <laughs> I'm read I'm on a phone here I'm looking at the trade bait list uh, Yeah, he's number 13, Dreger, uh from, from Florida Josh Manson, who was talked about, not on the list If you want to look for other defensemen Vince Dunn, uh, he's on there And someone wrote in chat earlier in the show You know, Chevy's going to come out of nowhere With some deal for a guy that we haven't even talked about As uh, he's done before Although I think the duball Liney one, I don't think it was as out of nowhere, but I think it was a bit of a stunner that they did trade Liney. But I agree, he has in the past. It's not the number one name. It wasn't Mark Stone, you know, that year where he. But it was Paul Stasny, um, so or was Kevin. I don't think Kevin Hayes was a a big target as well at that time among the league. So we'll wait and see uh, what they're gonna do uh the jets but those are just some things i don't see josh manson uh on this list but another former anaheim ducks defenseman brandon matour is number 14 on on the trade bait
0: yeah well he's in buffalo right now yeah just waiting to uh, waiting to end the season uh, it was funny eric Stahl got to montreal and they were asking him and he just goes i don't even want to talk about it i mean just i'm i'm happy to be with the montreal canadians let's look forward um, I think it's been quite a quite a rough season uh, um, for everybody involved in that operation. Um, the Oilers barely showed up last night for that makeup game against the Montreal Canadiens. They lose for nothing. But the big story last night was the uh, was the penalty to Connor McDavid it took a little bit of, of a run at one of the Montreal Canadiens, and today the the fist the hammer of justice <laughs> of NHL players' safety has dropped. <laughs> On the captain of the Edmonton Oilers, and that hammer of justice, Remus, is a five thousand dollar fine to a guy making eight figures a year.
1: Can we? um, I guess they would have to agree on it, but like these fines are so like five thousand. I saw Darren Haynes, sweeto, like that's like a normal person being fined twenty bucks. So I I know not not even more like two bucks, not even. So. I don't think those fines are deterring anyone. Um, some people are saying if Tom Wilson did that, he would be suspended. Uh, someone asked me if I yesterday if I thought he'd get suspended. I said, no, they're not suspending McDavid. But you I didn't the...
0: think for a second that he would, but it yeah.
1: is interesting. If that was Tom Wilson, he's getting three games for sure. For, for sure. I don't think the hit, I don't think he really hits him in the head, but it's a late hit for sure on Cockney. I mean, he has the puck, let's go of it. McDavid comes in, he kind of goes in like... Like he hits him in the shoulder, but then he follows through up um, with the elbows a bit, getting up high. And I don't really think like you need to do that, especially on a late hit like that. So there was clearly some in, in intent there. It was late. Um, it was weird looking, not weird looking hit, but violent looking hit. So sure, fi- you know, five thousand, like whatever, right?
2: <laughs> like
1: no, I don't think deal. it's. I don't think you can suspend him, but like I don't know, five. Sure, put your five thousand in McDavid. Why not? Uh, Isn't that his per diem? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just about it. That's All a- right. Before
0: we get to the big question of the day from the chat, um, I had mentioned to you, and you know we've talked about before with the cool bet lines. And by the way, check our our at uh, Sports Talk Winnipeg Twitter after the show. I'll have the lines, a couple other things from not hockey for tonight, as well as bonus code if you want to use it. But. I was mentioning Raymond all year long. We've been talking about how the Jets, I mean, how are they underdogs? They've got like, they're the values there on the Jets. And sometimes you end up coming off as just a homer going, well, they've got a pretty good chance to win. And maybe there's a little bit of that there. I'm not going to deny it. However, we have been right from the beginning of the regular season when the Jets were ridiculously listed at 50 to one to win the cup, when the Leafs were plus 130 to win the division and the Jets were 10 to one or 11 to one. And here we are. But I went and looked it up today, and Odd has got a really neat calculator, and it just shows the betting success of teams for the year. Because, of course, some team might win all their games, but if they're minus 300 favorites all the time, you're not winning very much, and when they lose, you're taking a hit. So here are the top five betting teams of the league in the National Hockey League this year based on if you made a $100 wager on that team to win Every game, and the payout is on on whatever the odds were that night. Number five is the Florida Panthers, and that makes sense. I think the Panthers have sort of exceeded expectations. They've been a team that um, you know has had some really nice extended runs, and they're playing in a, d- a division where they're playing against you know some pretty quality opposition. So they haven't been heavy favorites a lot this year. If you bet every Florida game for a hundred bucks, you're up four hundred and eighty-two dollars. Number four is another team in their division, and up until a couple weeks, they were the number one team. That's the Carolina Hurricanes. If you threw $100 on every Canes game so far this year, you would be up $599. Number three on the list is the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, the Knights have just been phenomenal all season long. Um, obviously, a big favorite on many of those nights. $611 you would be up on the Vegas Golden Knights if you bet $100 on them every game this year. Number two is the Washington Capitals, which surprised me a little bit, I guess, you know, with their record and where they are in their division. But $715 is the net gain if you would back the Caps every game this season with $100. And number one, by a lot, is your Winnipeg Jets. $843 to the good if you had bet $100 on the Jets every single game this season. Simply proving, Reem, that we were on to something at the start, and it is a thing. The Jets have been overlooked by oddsmakers. Um, and again, we like to talk about it here. I don't like to say it too loudly because, like many of the people in the chat, the Jets have been making them very happy and making them some money this year as they win over and over again as an underdog, often at home.
1: Yeah, no, it's funny. I was even looking at um, Dom's projections from The Athletic, and he had the game about, like, a coin flip against Calgary, the last one. And I was like, I don't I don't see that um, just from watching them. And the Jets yeah, also... Yeah, because have... he's the course he got. Like, they put
0: so much into, you know, just shot attempts. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not really... Uh, listen, and, 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 and I get well, that. There's a place for that. But the nuances of each team aren't really considered. And last game might have been the best example of it all. You know, the first period, the Shifley line spent quite a bit of time chasing around in their own end. There was a bunch of shot attempts on. Nothing really, you know too serious. And then the minute they got a couple opportunities on the rush, bang, it's in the net. And, you know, they'd scored two goals. The Jets had pretty much broken the game wide open. And you look at the numbers and, you know, their course for that line was about 35%. At a certain point, I get it. It does mean something. But I think we have enough data to realize that the Jets can win games if they're, you know, if they give up a couple more shot attempts than the others, um, especially when you have players like that on the ice.
1: No, no, and I agree. And I think part of it is the Jets can play that style where they give up a lot of shots and maybe it looks like you know, they don't have the advantage, but you look at their their talent up front, Connor Ehlers, they can score, you know, from anywhere, safely as well. They got great shots and great scoring ability. And then Connor Hellbuck is a wall back there. He's a Vezina Trophy winner. So, I mean, if you're just saying, hey, the Jets have the better goalie than this other team, uh, they have a pretty good chance. And, oh, look at the odds tonight, us. Uh, home underdog again against Toronto, uh, who they beat uh, before uh, a couple weeks ago. I mean, why not just keep going? Like wh- I think the odds are... Are favorable I mean you're not saying hey they're for sure winning but just from a math perspective I think it's worth uh well, down. we just laid it
0: out the math has been in the favor of the Jets more than any other team this season with the results the odds that they've been given by bookmakers and where they are right now so I think there's certainly something to uh, something to be said for that uh, again you can check out the lines anytime at other friends over at CoolBet.com. Now, Reem, one of my favorite topics has been revisited. I know you were tweeting or you were uh, chatting with some of the people in the uh, in the chat, and I'm not sure who brought this up, but it's probably a little far back for me to go and find. Um, but shout out to whoever it was said, can somebody ask the Jets when they're going to give Logan Stanley a legit NHL number so I can go and buy a jersey?
1: Yeah, I'm There's glad. no way
0: he's 64 long term, right? I mean, that is the most training camp number of training camp <gasps> numbers, if you ask me.
1: I'm actually glad that you saw that because I was waiting to bring it up. We love talking about it. And I think I would think after this year, uh he'll be a regular, be able to pick a jersey. We saw that happened with uh with Appleton. He was 82. He's now 22. Stanley was 7 uh 7 with the Moose. You know, maybe he'll switch to 7 with the Jets. Um I think it would make sense. I mean, if he wants to get something cool, like why not go six sixty seven for six foot seven, right? See, I agree with
0: that, and I remember us talking about it on the warm up. Like at some point, maybe yeah. at the beginning of the season, the one thing is sixty seven is still a training camp number, even if you are six seven. Um, but it, it it's a lot more passable. The bottom line is sixty four is one of the worst numbers in the NHL. It it, it just it just oozes. AHL call-up after five injuries. Um, This guy's turning into an NHL regular. It's about time they get him an NHL regular number, and I don't blame fans who are in the know, like whoever dropped that in the chat saying, yeah, I'm going to get a Stanley jersey, but I'm going to wait. Although maybe you could get the 64, and then you could be that guy that that liked the band when they played the small clubs before they started doing the big stadium shows.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think you'd want to be like, hey, I got the Logan Stanley rookie jersey number sixty four. I mean, hey, I have a jersey of Felix Hernandez uh, number fifty nine that he wore in his rookie season. After then, he switched to thirty four. So I think there is some aspect to that, but I can see uh, see whoever wrote that in chat wanted to be um, wanted to get a real number, and not a, a training cam number.
0: What was okay? Here's a challenge for some of the people in the chat right now as we finish up the program. What were some of the training camp numbers for Jet players before they graduated to being men and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and being National Hockey League? I think – if I'm not mistaken, was Shifley not 45? Yeah, he was in... 45. Okay,
1: so Shifley was 45. Rosovic was 52.
0: 52, okay, exactly. Yeah. He was 52 and then switched to 28.
1: was like 50-something, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I forget what Ehlers was, but he was something up there. Uh, I said Appleton 82. And it's funny, uh, you know, my hockey team, I would have the spare jersey and I had to give it to someone. Well, I made it. I made the jersey number as the spare 82 be like hey you're getting called you're getting called up and i hand him this jersey like 82 what the hell is this i'm like mason that's appleton? the training camp number this i'm like is, <laughs> it's a big shot for you make the most of it i'm like appleton come on <laughs> and so uh
0: yeah great point the dan milburn that's the earl right there helly was 30 Uh, And then, because, of course, 37 was Dan Snyder's number. And then, I guess, they talked with the Dan Snyder family, and there's something on the helmet and in the jersey. And, of course, the Dan Snyder Memorial Award as well, given out every single year. Well, um, this has been a lot of fun. I am really jacked for this game. And I know a lot of people don't like the late games. I I don't care. I'm especially happy, though, tonight because I'm I'm of the – I'm of the feeling right now that I don't want to wait. I don't care if the games are that long. I'll probably watch another game after it, but I don't want to wait. I'm really looking forward to 6.30 tonight, Remus, because if the Jets can win in regulation, we wake up tomorrow with the Winnipeg Jets in first place on April 1st, and that will not be some lame April Fool's (laughs) joke. That
1: will be reality. Yeah, wow. Uh, Yeah, I guess it is a big game, and... Um I am looking forward to it. Great time, 6:30 start. I am going to be enjoying all, you know, the national hockey media tweeting about the Jets being like, "Hey, this Ehlers guy is is pretty good and as Who is said, This Mason Appleton." Yeah. <laughs> so, I I agree. I think it's going to be a great game. We've seen I think the games with Toronto and and Winnipeg in the past had that playoff feel. I think we'll get even more of that as we're nearing the end of the season and I think I don't know, like is there an advantage in the North Division first or second are you assuming assuming the leafs and jets are 1 and 2 and then it's montreal edmonton i mean it could change edmonton could fall into second as well montreal too but i mean do you care as long do you care where you finish
0: Uh yes, Uh, this year I do. I want uh, like I would love nothing more
1: than to win the division. Sorry, I mean okay. You want you want to win, but I'm saying
0: I want to to to... win the division. I want to win those eleven to one Jets futures we bet at the beginning of the year because not that we expected them to win, but thought that they certainly could, and it was ridiculous that they were getting two, three, four times the odds that most of the other teams that were quote unquote contenders were. Um, but I would I would sacrifice. Any division title for the next 15 years. If the team was going to be in the playoffs, it didn't really matter what happened for that one Canadian division banner up in the rafters, there's only going to be one fan base is going to have these bragging rights for a long time. And the season has been so much fun. It's been intense. It has been all within Canada. I don't think that there would be a more meaningful banner outside of the Stanley Cup championship that you could put into the rink downtown for Winnipeg Jet fans or, frankly, well, any of the other four teams that are still basically in it outside of uh, Ottawa, Calgary, and Vancouver.
1: Yeah, I agree, so I'm saying you want to win the division, but in terms of matchups, like does it is there any difference uh, in terms of who you'd want to play, Montreal or or Edmonton? I think Toronto seems to be the best team, but uh, if you're the Jets, like does it if you finish first or second, that's who you're going to get, doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, no, listen, for sure. I was asked this morning on Fan 590, you know, uh, would I rather, um, you know, from a Jets perspective, would I rather win the division or, you know, get the matchup you want, like avoid the Leafs in the first round? And Mm. I basically said, listen, I want to win the division because if you want to be in the Final Four and come out of the North, you're going to have to go through the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, I think it's It's highly unlikely. What am I saying? I was just going to say it's highly unlikely that the Leafs could lose in the first round. Well, they do every year, but... They're a very good hockey team. I think there's a good chance they do finally win around. It's just a matter of whether they can win two and represent in the North Division. If that's the case, all the other teams will be out. Anyways, we got a great one tonight. 6:30 start this evening. Everyone that's still with us in the chat, let's get us some predictions. We can go back and see who the kreskin is of everyone in there and if you would kindly help us out, all you got to do is just hit that thumbs up button on the YouTube Clank that. Um and if you are in the chat, how does this work, Rumus? You have to close the chat box if you want to give a like in YouTube if you're watching on a mobile?
1: Yeah, if you're on a phone or something, hit the X on the chat, then hit the thumbs up. We had a crazy number of thumbs up on yesterday's video. Uh the most we've had in a while was like over four hundred. On the uh, unboxing video or yeah, it was was all because you opened your cord (laughs) and everyone I think like you see the chat, you know, the chat. Graph like okay, it's moving along, and you see a big spike, and that was where you uh, open (laughs) open your cord. But yeah, well,
0: the funny thing was, you were telling me before that apparently on the videos, and by the way, shout out to Remus for doing an incredible job with the content for people that miss stuff. Whether uh, and by the way, follow us Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those spots at Sports Talk Winnipeg. But funny enough, even though we've been having some great interviews with some awesome guests, the stuff that gets the most mileage on social media. Is when one of us is having some sort of a screw up and we deal with it live on the air and then you post that on all the channels.
1: Yeah, we can post, you know, great interviews with Jeff Hamilton or Marat, but the stuff where it's like you opening a cord or me being <laughs> muted or something seems to get the most engagement on Instagram and and Twitter. So we do appreciate all the love from everyone. This has been so much fun. All our social medias are in the description. We could use it. We're closing in on a thousand followers on Instagram, so help us out if you're not following us on there. Uh, Facebook's lagging a bit behind and on here on YouTube, last time I checked we we're like 20 away from 3500, which is uh, absolutely incredible. So uh, thank you everyone who's tuned in and chatted. We're over 200 likes right now on this video. Uh, so that all that stuff uh, helps us grow and helps us uh, create more and better content. So uh, I thank know you everyone. I-
0: I've been a little delinquent just, you know, with us kind of working to make sure that we're on and getting these shows done. But I have promised and, you know, our, our sponsors and once again, thanks to Not Autocor, Boston Pizza, Winnipeg, the Nick and Nicky TQ Group, Royal Sports. And I should mention Breezy Bend as well. I, I got a text from Corey today. I mean, unbelievable. They are I mean, like everyone is getting ready for the upcoming season. Um, but if you're if you're a Breezy member, the driving range is opening on Friday. The golf course is opening on the 13th of April. The course wintered extremely well, and man, the success of the course is crazy. They now have a waiting list for membership. That's what we call the Winnipeg Sports Talk rub, Reem. 60 people waiting on it. So if you are thinking in the future about maybe getting involved in Breezy, get on the list. Give Corey a call and do that. And to everyone that's out there, look forward to the big course renovation on the 3rd and 6th hole, it's going to change the front nine dramatically, and it's going to be a really, really exciting year out at Breezy Bend. Um, so with all of that, we, we've got our sponsors, and I did promise that we will do some social media contests. Um, self-servingly, we'd like to grow those numbers, but we also want to um, you know, get some stuff from uh, BP and Royal and whatnot. Uh, of course, DQ and uh, Nick and Nicky DQ. Um, to help out some of the people that have helped us spread the word. And that is all of you that are in the chat right now. So um we'll do that again. Rima, we should mention Friday is good Friday, so we will not be doing a live show that day. We may be cranking up some content. We'll see. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast um because there's gonna be some computer upgrades. Some more things that will be happening behind the scenes. Um, and It'll be good to get a long weekend and then get right back at it on Monday um, and hopefully be talking about uh, more battles for first place in the North
1: Division. Yeah, we got a great set of games there. We'll be off Friday, good Friday. It's important to rest, recharge, take care of some administrative stuff. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, next week and uh, some great games uh, going on tonight.
0: Yeah, Jet Oil Tom, how do we get Winnipeg Sports Talk swag? Things are in the works. Uh, we'll be telling you all in the chat live on the show, first and foremost. And when we do have it, I'm pretty sure we'll make it available uh, for those of you in the city by just popping down to a Royal Sports at 750 on P- Pemina Highway. So we'll touch base with the hacks and. See uh, where we're at with all that, but we're gonna be—we're not gonna get a ton of stuff. But Remus, I know you wanted to get some nice new era hats. I want to do a hoodie. Um, so we'll try and get some cool stuff that people will like, high quality things that we can wear. And uh, obviously, we really do appreciate the support. So thanks to Brian Munz, thanks to Mark Masters. Thanks to all of you in the chat who joined us today. Hit that like button. Tell your friends. And uh, not Autocorp, Nick and Nicky DQ, Royal Sports, Breezy Bend, Boston Pizza, Winnipeg. The Daily Lines from Coolbet will be coming up on the site very shortly. And uh, Remo, fingers crossed, we won't be having any lame April Fool jokes tomorrow. We'll be talking about the real deal. And that could be the Winnipeg Jets in first place if they can get this done tonight.
1: Yeah, I think it shows how, how great a team that the Jets have, how much of a shot they have. To you know, go to a conference final or I guess semifinal because there's no conferences this year. But this is a big, a big two points on the line tonight.
0: Justin, I'm not sure whether we can do custom Air Jordans. Um, maybe I'll reach out to the people that collaborated with Little Nas X on his new shoes, and uh, maybe maybe they can do a Winnipeg Sports Talk one for us. <laughs> Kidding on that one, of course. Um, hey, folks, enjoy this game tonight. Should be a great one. We'll be back tomorrow. And uh, Dave Pagnata is going to join us uh, tomorrow. Areem uh, from uh, the yep. fourth period. Great time to have Dave on. I know he'll be watching this game tonight. And we'll also be able to uh, get his take on what we might be seeing coming up in the uh, first 11 days of April before the NHL trade deadline.
1: Yeah, this is a big, a big two weeks coming up here, and I know uh, he, he's got a lot of insight on the Leafs and around the NHL, so uh, it'll be a fun one before the long weekend. Biggest night of the year tomorrow, Hess. Biggest night of the year. Well, it used to be.
0: Bad Thursday,
1: my oh, favorite yeah, sorry. day before Good be-
0: Friday. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, sorry. I Not mean, in- I don't know. It's not a good time to hit the club these days, if you know what I'm saying. Sorry, it's not in, a, no- in a
1: normal year. Yeah, in a yes. normal year, <laughs> not in 2020 yeah. or 2021. Yeah, you're
0: not, it's not a big green light to go hit the club and breathe all over everybody. And don't yeah. do it at your house either. We got to, unfortunately, we got to just... Get these shots going and uh, get out of it. But luckily, we've got NHL hockey to watch tonight. It's a first-place battle. Winnipeg, Manitoba, downtown Jets, Leafs. We'll talk about it tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Thanks a lot to Munzee, Mark Masters, Michael Remus, and all of you in the chat. Uh, you got destruction. J. Justin F. Mike Pike, Gary Madiros, the original OG caller number one, Gregory Liverpool, Todd Westlack TV covers, Manny Fran, Dan Milberg, Gary. Everybody with us, we really appreciate the support. Hit that like button. If you're listening on the podcast, give us a five star rating, review it. This is how this is how you do it in the new in the new medium. Um, folks, enjoy this game tonight. Thanks for joining us on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. We'll finish it off before the long weekend tomorrow, 1 o'clock. YouTube, your favorite podcast here on the Winnipeg Sports Talk channel. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home! Thanks
2: for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.